This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to another episode of Double Tap. It is Tuesday, it's the 14th of November, 2023. And coming up today, a brand new screen reader for the Mac and more of your feedback. You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Hey, Sean Priest, how are you today? Confused, Stephen Scott. Did you say a brand new screen reader for the Mac? Oh, I think I did. Oh, I breaking think news. I, did. I I'll do know. It. Okay, go. Go do it. Breaking news. That's terrible. Let's do this one. Breaking news. Breaking oh, news. That sounds Rob. So manly, Rob. <laughs> yeah. Brand new screen reader for the Mac. This is something I spotted on uh, AppleViz yesterday. And it's a developer from somewhere on planet Earth. <laughs> and, uh, well, I mean, even that we're unsure of. But, uh, you know, assuming the aliens haven't arrived and taken over, and the first thing they decided to do when they got here was create a new screen reader for the <laughs> Mac, which, don't get me wrong, would be a huge boon to humanity. A boon? Yes, yeah. it would be. <laughs> be a beautiful boon. You're not going to have words about this whole accent <laughs> thing later. Uh, anyway, uh, so, yeah, the story is there's a developer creating uh, what may be the first attempt, although I don't know, I imagine other people will have tried this, uh, but the first attempt to actually create a third-party screen reader for the Mac. Oh, well done. You're a well, hero, sir. Let's let's see what it's like first. Um, but yeah. Well, and, and, and the key word here is attempting. Yes. I mean, how much of a, you know what Apple's like for locking down core components, system level access, could it even be done? I yeah. hope so. We will see. I don't know. And, and and to be perfectly honest, neither does the developer. So reading the post on Apple, Viz, we'll link to it in our show notes. You can uh, read all the details. I did try to reach out to the developer. Funny story. Apparently, I'm blacklisted on Apple, Viz. How does that work? How did I what? get blacklisted on? No, don't applaud that. Don't applaud How that. How indeed? How could that possibly? How could anyone I'm the Apple ever... guy. What is going on here? Stop <laughs> applauding that decision. Steve, I was going to ask what you were doing on AppleViz when you said that's where you saw it, because everyone knows you're not allowed on AppleViz. I'm not allowed on there. I tried to log in, right? So I did log in and thought, oh, this is cool. I haven't used the login for a while. I don't often comment. I just like to read. I'm more of a voyeur. That's a French word. And um, uh, people in the east of the country will uh, love that. Um, So, yeah, I was, you know, browsing around and then I found this article and I thought, I'm going to comment on this. I'm going to say, hey, why don't you get in touch with us here at Double Tap? We'd love to talk to you. And Mm. then it said, sender blacklisted. Mm. Well, I totally agree. AppleViz are a very wise and and long running (laughs) website. And obviously they've decided that you are no good for it. So Uh, tell me this. Have you been on recently? I'd like you to log in because I bet you're blacklisted as well. (laughs) No. I want you blacklisted. Don't take me with you. When I Come get on, when mate. I get unblacklisted, I am going to get you blacklisted. That's my that's my job. I'm going to report you. Good. Okay. I'm sure it was just a a terrible uh, misunderstanding, Stephen Scott. We will we will sort that out. Yes. If anybody at AppleViz listens, uh, and I think you might, um, then you know. Could you let me back in, please? Because I no. like commenting on things and haven't done it for a while. Anyway, so what's this, the story what's this is called? about... Yes, it's called Vosh. 
uh, which is oh. a kind of mix between Vision and Macintosh, which is quite clever. Uh, and the third-party screen well, reader for the Mac, by the way, but just to be very clear really. on this. Well, it's, it's well, not, what it's would you really come up with? Well, okay, well, look, I mean, look, the developer Vosh. said in the, in the notes, if you don't Vizosh. like the name, come up with something else. So come on, Sean Priest. I'm sitting back and waiting. Okay, how long's the dead air monitor on for? Just, just give me a minute. Mm-hmm. I've got coffee. Vish. I've got some nice warm Vish. coffee. Speaky Tosh. Speaky Tosh. Macca speak. You're uh, speaking Tosh. <laughs> I'll workshop that. I'll come back to you. Yeah, please don't. Um, so, yeah, this is apparently... Uh, voice under. Voice under. <laughs> That's not bad. That's not bad. Thank you. I'll give you Thank that you. one. I'll give you Thank that. Thank you. I mean, not enough to press the applause button, obviously, but, you know, I'll give you that. Are you drinking coffee at this minute? I am. Um, uh, I thought so. So, yeah, this is sounding quite interesting. So at the moment, it's very much in the early stages. The developer is very clear on this. This is something he is currently working on. He's not got anything available for people to try yet. He has put out a demo video, and I was going to play a clip of it in, but I don't have his permission to do that because I can't get hold of him because, uh, did I tell you, I'm blacklisted over on AppleViz, so I can't, Rightfully so. can't comment on it. God um, bless you, AppleViz. So... <laughs> <laughs> so I can't play the video. I don't want to play it. But also when I did listen through the video, and again, we'll link to this in the show notes, and go check it out. But even he says, look, this is something that's very rudimentary at the moment. So I don't want to paint it in the wrong light. So uh, I think I'd rather wait till this developer's got it, you know, the way he wants it to be. Um, but I think it'll be rather interesting to to follow this. It's an interesting story. I mean, funny, reading into the, the notes, he was talking about the fact that he's kind of basing the whole project on NVDA. So anybody who's currently using NVDA, Sean Priest, uh, yes. it would follow the same commands. It would be following the same approach that NVDA follows in order to Ooh. navigate. So basically, it's- if you're moving across from NVDA to this screen reader on the Mac, you would find it very uh, normal, well, very, com- very um, ha- comfortable. Uh, 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 that's what I was thinking of. Comfortable. Yes, 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 yes. Familiar. Yeah, 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 familiar. That's uh, yeah, an yeah, even yeah, better yeah, yeah, one. Yeah. Yes. Uh, think- Ruminate, yes. <laughs> Mm. Need more coffee. <laughs> I forgot what I was going to say. No, I think all the screen readers on Windows now are, let's be honest, they're, they're going off the well-established Jules keystroke. So everything is kind of, even Narrator yeah. acknowledged that it's it's trying to replicate, if you like, Jules keystrokes. So it, it, they're all very similar. Of course, there's differences there. But um, I'm, I'm more interested in this. As you said, this is an interesting story and very early days, and maybe we should have held back. But... Just the conversation about having a third-party screen reader on Mac, because it still strikes me as strange that there is no other option, right? And I would be very interested to see if we could test a screen reader on there which bypasses that interaction model. I know it's a bee in my bonnet, but it honestly does really irritate me, the uh, interaction model. And I would love to try an option using... Uh, a third-party screen reader to navigate the Mac OS without it to see, you know, to compare and contrast. It would be really cool. You know, you can turn it off in settings. You don't have to have it on. Oh, can you? Oh, of course you can. Yes. You can completely you know turn what? off groups. It's, it's funny you say that. I've never tried it. <laughs> I have. I've never tried that. And I didn't okay. like it because I think it feels like the guardrails have all gone. You know, it feels like a train going down no track. You know, it's like, how does it stay on track at all? And I find I just get myself lost in amongst options. It didn't really do much for me. I didn't spend a huge amount of time with it because I didn't like it. Um, And I felt it took me longer to navigate around the screen 
Um, it's funny you saying that because I do remember a post a long time ago, probably on appleviz.com. Great website, by the way. You should check it out, Stephen. Mm, I'd love um, to. I seem to remember to there, was a, things as well. there was an article <laughs> saying how to make voiceover act like Jaws. So, yeah, I think you're right. And I think that option's been there for a while. I've yeah. never even looked at it's, it. It's fairly, well, I say it's new. It's, not, it's been around for a while, but it, it, I don't think anybody. I've never had anybody who seems to use it and like it. That's the only thing. So well, the, the difference here with what this guy's developing is from ground up. That's the first thing. Also, is there something in this about, you know, like the NVDA project, a bunch of blind people getting together to create this, you know, yes. we're, we're kind of making what we need, which is, I'm not saying it's better, but it's, it's certainly closer to it's better, better, isn't it? Oh, no, of course. Absolutely right. I believe so. At least it's an option, right? I mean, there's no one's suggesting we stop using voiceover or we just give up on voiceover. But, you know, it would be interesting to have another project like this out there that gives us an option because, I, look, on Windows we have three options. And with those three choices, you can navigate things very differently on each one. So some websites you might find you can easily access something with one versus the other versus the other. And at least you've got the option to change around and see what works for you. I mean, yes. for example, if I'm in control panel on Windows, I'm probably going to switch to narrator because I just yeah. find it easier to navigate around. Um, and that gives me that choice, whereas I don't have any other options on the Mac. Now, in saying that, it hasn't felt like we needed that option. The issue isn't really around, I don't think, access. It's more around the capability of the screen reader and the bugs that have existed in the screen reader for such a long time. Yeah, That's absolutely. ultimately it. It feels like if we just had a year or two of no updates, and we could just get all the bugs fixed. This rush to bring out something new all the time, and this desire to constantly upheave, you know, create upheaval all the time. Because look, if, I, I just think about it from the accessibility team's perspective, right? So they've just got everything sorted. They think they've got it all fixed, and then a brand new, brand new S drops, and they've got to go yes. in, into that and then fix all the mess that's left from that. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's just a continuous job, and I Catch don't, up. I don't get the reason for it. I don't understand the point. You almost feel like, can't we just? Wouldn't it be better if companies like Windows and or Microsoft and Apple actually just did? And Microsoft are actually a bit better at this to some degree. Instead of huge overhauls, they will add features. Do it that way. You know, add a feature, make a brand new feature. So there's a single element that comes in. And it gives people well, a chance to catch up rather than the whole OS changing every single year. Yeah, but they say that. I mean, how often does it actually change from the kernel up? It, 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 it doesn't. I mean, Windows 10 was meant to be the last Windows, right? And every, every six months or so, we get a feature update. It's still the same at its core, but some of those feature updates are pretty, um, I don't know, game-changing into how Windows works. So... Mm. I don't know. Coding's beyond me. I don't know. I just want a nice, accessible system, and I want the choice because sometimes voiceover will let us down in certain areas, and and as any screen reader does, and as you rightfully said, having a, an option to switch to another one is the answer. It's the workaround. Can we ever be bug-free? That's, the, I think, a question that needs to be asked as well. Can we ever actually be bug-free? I mean, if we, if we're going to live in this world where... And it's not going to change. I mean, as much as I would like a complete pause on any OS rollouts for about a year or two years to fix all the bugs and mess, and I know there's lots of people who would agree with that, that's not going to happen, 
Okay, so that's not reality. That's not going to happen. There are rumors that there's going to be less of an update, I think, on Mac next year. So they can iOS get an update. And I, well, as well. Well, iOS 18 is supposed to be a huge update by all accounts. Well, I've heard they're stopping to sort out the bugs before they carry on. Yeah, well, this is, again, the, the rumour mill, right? So who knows it what's really happen. going on? But it, I would imagine it, it's probably it going to be an overhaul happen. of some kind. There's, there's talk of all kinds with AI coming in next year. and If a year goes by and, and Apple don't you know change something in iOS, people would lose their mind. Uh, uh, no, no innovation at yeah. Apple. Well, uh, you know, that's what's simple as that. We're trained because the tech reviews, cycle. If you read the tech reviews, that's exactly what they say, isn't it? They, they just go on about the fact that there's no innovation, no innovation, no innovation. But it's like, guys, come on. I mean, look, I want the thing to work. And again, for us, it's different, right? There's a different experience because we will be sadly last in the queue, as always, when it comes to, you know, how useful and how joyous this this new look is because look ultimately whatever the new features are whatever they are yes of course there will be far more work done on apple's side than probably any other company to make sure it's accessible to as, as much as possible but of course it's there's so many other things that get in the way and of course if you add braille into the mix that's a whole other ball game again um braille's even further behind absolutely us as screen reader users yeah sadly um and low vision for a long time. And remember at the beginning when you could, you, if you had ramped up the text size on some apps, you couldn't even read it. Yeah, you know, the text right. wouldn't that whole dynamic type Smart thing didn't work. Wouldn't work for a long that's time. That's right. You know, so disability is often left. It, it, I hate to say it's left behind because I know there's a lot of work goes in, and I, every time I say that, I think I feel like I'm I'm punching someone at the accessibility team, and I, I don't want to feel that way. But we love you. We can't deny, and I. I if I'm honest, I think if there's, if there's someone in the accessibility team at Apple, you know, someone who's actually working day-to-day on code every single day, I imagine you're probably sitting there. You can't do this publicly, but you're probably nodding inside your own head saying, yeah, I know. I, I know. I know exactly what you're talking about, Stephen. I, there's just nothing more we can do because we're stretched trying to, you know, clean up the mess. We're getting thousands upon thousands of emails from accessibilityapple.com. And I do feel sorry for them. And I feel sorry for any of them in these departments, in any of the companies, because they are working so hard. And, you know, here we are out here saying, ah, do you know, scrap the lot. Let's just build a whole new screen reader. <laughs> and you're like, ah, but, you but know. again, we understand that. But hey, it would be nice to know what bugs are being worked on. We are very, very patient. But it's just yeah. knowing that they are being worked on or, I don't know, maybe we'll have to wait and hope. Yeah. Well, I'll put the article and the video into the show notes. You can go check Gosh. it out. Don't forget as well, we have our, our beautiful website, doubletaponair.com. Oh. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's What's absolutely it gorgeous. Doubletaponair.com. And by the way, I'm not blacklisted on that one, so I can go on there. Let me change that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be blacklisted from my own site. How does that work? Um, also, coming up today, we're going to be uh, hearing all about the Jaws Next Big Thing contest. It takes place tonight, and uh, we'll look forward to hearing all about that. You can also stream the event via YouTube on our website, doubletaponair.com. We'll have a link on there. You can watch the event comfortably from your browser on YouTube. It's also available, uh, and there's uh, notes going up on our website as well and how you can register to take part in the zoom uh, session because there's a zoom session going on and that allows you to contribute and and join in the conversation you can actually use the chat function and actually engage so if you want to get involved a bit more than just sitting watching you know like a 
Um, then you don't have Please to. Stop. Well, that's how they. That's that's the what's a French no, no, word. No, it definitely Sean. isn't. I yes, am that, a multicultural. Uh, yeah, man. <laughs> well done. <laughs> I, I think, I I think that's part. still allowed. Is that still? Am I still allowed yes. to be a man in this world? Is yes. that a thing? I, right. Okay. I, I liked how you thought about it before saying it. Well done, you. Um, I want to take part. I want to woo woo like they do. Well, in, you can um, woo woo, but you have to go and join the Zoom link. Otherwise, you're woo wooing in the air on okay. YouTube. But you can it's watch it there as well thing. via our website doubletapanair.com. Uh, Ryan Jones and Matt Ata join us. Join. <laughs> wow. Join <laughs> us a bit later. No wonder I'm blacklisted. I'll be blacklisted from EMI the way this is going. Uh, Ryan Jones and Matt Ata join us from Vespero a little bit later on the show. But first to your emails. Oh, we haven't done this for a while. Yeah. Yeah. No, not that one. I keep doing that. Uh, this one. There we are. Email. We, we get, get emails. emails. We get your email every day. Every day, Sean. Here's your Dong. email today. Emails, 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 emails. I do love that little jingle. It makes me smile. Good. As long as it makes you smile, I'm happy. Gavin got in touch. As always, Laura reads our emails. Hi, Stephen, Sean and Laura. Great interviews surrounding Soundscape recently. I've just visited Boston and Portland and Soundscape was fantastic when walking around to gather my surroundings. My partner is sighted, so we were splitting the navigating. However, it is great to know that a coffee shop is on your left and not having to ask. I feel this offers a small piece of independence, even if it's not for traditional navigating. I felt after several days in the cities, I knew a general direction of landmarks because of Soundscape. Also, I noticed that in both of these cities that the pavements were considerably wider than here in the UK. I'm sure this is not the case everywhere in America. However, it made a much easier walking experience than in many UK cities and something I hope will improve. Since finding your show, I have had O&M training and started Grade 1 Braille. So you are a tech show, honestly. I have the Perkins to prove it. Although seriously, both of these have been very helpful and interesting to learn. Cheers from Gavin in a windy Edinburgh. Oh, in a windy Edinburgh. Near it's always windy Stephen Scott. Edinburgh. Yes, that's right. Just just as uh, near me. That's right. Exactly. That's exactly because Scotland is just you know, one big field, isn't it? It's why it's why the roads in America are so much wider. You see, they can't widen the roads here in the UK because we'd all just fall off the side of the country. See, I believe Gavin enough. said sidewalks are more um, oh. expansive oh. than over here in the UK, Stephen Scott. Oh, I see. Uh, yeah, this yeah, is why you get cancelled. Uh, oh, oh, oh. Um, <laughs> hello, Gavin. How are you? Hi, Gavin. <laughs> I totally agree with you. You know what? I haven't yet experienced that feeling of I feel like I know where places are sort of spatially yet. Since I've lost my usable vision a few years ago, I haven't really been into a big city and and use Soundscape to get my bearings, if you will. I, I use it very much in the now. You know, I'm walking down and I'm listening out for something or somewhere. But I'm really interested in this. And, and Janelle brought it up when we had us, uh, when we talked to to the NCBI. Um, that that feeling of of being familiar of where places are, that spatial awareness. I'm really interested to feel that because I, at the minute I just just don't. Everything is in sort of a two-metre bubble of me. My world is two metres, basically. So, I, yeah, I, I'm, I don't know when I'm going to get the nerve up to actually go into a big city and just have a wander. Yeah, but uh, and it's tricky, isn't it? Because I think also there's that memory that plays... Like, I, I have a very good memory for places, but not for exact locations. So, for example, uh, I think when I was in Manchester last time meeting you, I'd used Ira to help me find a McDonald's, obviously. Ovs. 
<laughs> yes. I mean, you know, other restaurants apparently are available, but who's interested, right? So I was like, okay, so I, you know, I'm heading there in the morning and I can swear to you, I can almost remember the route very clearly. And I think I could do it again on my own. The problem is I'll overshoot or undershoot that without a shadow of a doubt. Like I'll, I'll be absolutely convinced it should be right here. It's but really interesting it's you say that. I think that is just an individual thing. I mean, nothing to do with any disability or blindness. I think oh, some probably, people yeah. just have that. I never have had that. I just I never pay attention to where we are or, or where we're going ever, even when I could see. So I never have that. Oh, yeah, I remember this. Never happens to me. So, um, okay, you're better than me. Sorry, I'll take it all back. No, no, I, I, no, I think no, it's, no. Just, it's, it's a weird thing, right? <laughs> I remember when we got to Toronto Airport and we came off the plane, I think I said to you, oh, I think I know where we're going Yeah, here. exactly, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know how I remember this, but for some reason it just sticks. Maybe you're right. Maybe it's just a thing. Some people have it, some don't. I think they do. But, but also, I'm also very good at getting that wrong. Uh, coming out of London Euston Station, which I've been in and out of many times, absolutely fine. Thought I'm not going to get assistance. I'll be fine. And then I find myself outside the station, completely confused because this is not the exit I'm used to. Yeah, I had to walk down a very small, almost like tunnel, to get out of the station. I'm thinking that's not right. <laughs> and then I realised I must have come out a side entrance or something. So I had to go back in. That creeping feeling you get rising fell up. over like. Five different mobility trucks, you know, yeah. those little beeping buggies. Yeah. Fell over about five of those to get to the, and I'm like, this is just, and at that That's point, ironic. an assistant came over. I know it was kind of ironic. I think the people in it as well thinking, what is this guy doing? It's just, you know, there's that kind of um, bullheadedness or whatever, I suppose, that comes with it sometimes. You know, it's like there's days where uh, Matt Ato is coming up a, a bit later. He was on uh, LinkedIn, I think it was. He was talking about how he had gone. Uh, to somewhere, to, to an airport, and he just decided to use Ira to navigate around. And when he said that, and there is something when a blind person says something, you kind of feel, it's not a competitive thing, certainly not for me, but it is a case of, well, do you know what? If he can do it, I can do it. So I, I'm, I'm not going to get assistance next time. I'm just going to use Ira. And I think I lasted about 10 minutes before I freaked out. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, I was like, because it kept getting cut off. If, if she hadn't kept getting cut off, I probably wouldn't have minded so much, but I just the signal kept going. It's a big issue for me. Every every time I, I go somewhere, like I recently went to a, a new doctor's shop, as we call it, uh, or I call it, no one else <laughs> what does. What do they sell? Do they sell health? <laughs> so I went to a medical centre, and um, I used Ira from getting out of the taxi to get me to the main doors. Mm. But as soon as I walked through those doors, I mean, one step inside, bang, lost connection. It's like, ah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that is an issue. It's a shame in a way they can't... That's what they There's can't, no way around that, is there? How, no, because you can't even around? do FaceTime, could you? Honestly, FaceTime would be the solution to that. Um, yeah, it's the same problem. But it does seem that there's, a, there's an issue when it comes to indoor, because, but again, you're right. I mean, what can you do? Depends I mean, unless you're you walking are. in somewhere, you're connect, even if you're connected to Wi-Fi, you're still going to get cut off for a second or two. Do you ever find a delay? Do you ever get that delay problem with, with Ira? Like you'll start... Because I, I get this all the time. Whenever hmm. I'm calling in... I'm talking, and then the next minute, silence, and then, oh, yeah, no problem, I'll sort that for you. And I think, oh, hang on, no, that's, got a delay. They're trying to understand your accent. It's a, it's a translation oh, delay. Oh, I see. That, that's all so that I'm is. checking I've, if I'm blacklisted. Yeah, I've never, I've never had that problem. <laughs> I get that all the time. Really, uh, Very and, good, and, by and, the and way, do you know the thing, Do you know the thing that gets me? 
Oh, absolutely. So the other day, I go to a coffee shop. I think I called you to tell you about it because I basically call you and tell you everything that's happening in my life. Every five minutes, yes. Yes, you did. And um, I had basically, I'd I'd never used the new Ira Explorer app. I'd only ever used the the old app. And I kind of thought, you know what? I need to start using the new one. Um, And also there'll be new features in there and things I can play around with. So I downloaded it, got it set up, and I had a bus timetable, which is a local company. So it's actually a charity that run this bus. And it's it's all to do with, with climate and saving the planet and, you know, the, the stuff that people like to talk about. And um, <sighs> what are they causes? That's better. That's Thank you. a better way of putting it, yes. It's, it's funny, I've only ever got interested in climate <laughs> action since, you know, this bus came along. I'm like, I'm all for the bus. Um, but it's it's great because they have this lovely coach and it's very pleasant and it's, you know, great. So anyway, that aside, they, they've printed out their um, timetable, but it's in like a PDF and it's all a very glossy format, and there's not an accessible version. And that's something I'm talking to them about, because they have to make that more accessible. But anyway, in the meantime, I thought, hmm, I want to check the time of the bus to get home. So I'm able to upload the image via the um, the, the new Ira Explorer app. I can upload a, well, anything, actually. I can upload a document, an image, a file, whatever. So I did. I uploaded the image, made a call, and they were able to see that image, which was great. Now, while I was on the call, I said to the agent, you know, once I got the information, which was brilliant, um, I said, hey, could you, are you able to keep this image? Can you keep that timetable so that if I need it, you know, again, and she was able to take that and put it into my, I don't know, some kind of file they have on me. Um, Another I one. Know, I kind of worry <laughs> about that one. But um, yeah, they have, they have like a file, which I guess is like a folder of, of documents and stuff that you might want to refer to and they can just easily access. How cool is that? It is. Yeah. Very clever. So, yeah, I know it's like, I just love it. I just love using it. I feel so much more confident when I'm out and about because I feel it is it is just good to have that sense of, you know, if you need to get out of something quickly, like ah, if a situation's yeah, brewing. Honestly. I live, in, I, live in, I live, you know, like Glasgow city centre. Can, you know, get a bit hairy at times. And, you know, like any city centre in the world, I suppose. No. Um, <laughs> I liked it. You were on I the suppose. phone. You were on the phone to me. <laughs> And you said, I'm just going to walk away a minute. There's two people. Standing. Two guys are following. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Because uh, I could they just kept, every time I moved, they came with me and I thought, okay, my phone's about to get taken <laughs> off me here. So I'm just getting out of here. Uh, um, it's hilarious. Well done. Yeah. What, what a laugh we had. <laughs> um, let's thank you, Gavin, for that email. I think, I don't know if we ever helped you in any way with that or responded in any way meaningfully, but thank you for your email. I really appreciate it, Gavin. I'm yes. glad you're enjoying Sunscape. Um, I want to move on to a uh, voicemail, actually, from John. Gentlemen, my name is John from uh, Michigan in the U.S. Let me just say, I am absolutely ecstatic to find Double Tap Podcast. Uh, hey. I was a fan of the previous one. Oh. I found it shortly before it ended. But I was very sad about that. Was on a low vision support group meeting yesterday, actually. And the topic was accessible podcasts. And a gentleman told me about this one. And when I mentioned the previous one, he said it was you guys. And again, I was ecstatic. (laughs) So I'm glad to rediscover it. I had uh, perhaps a simple question at this point. But like I said, I'm just delving in. I have an iPhone. Use voiceover fairly frequently. I'm low vision. Mm-hmm. And on the home screen, there's the button for accessing the flashlight, which was a iOS update 
a number of updates ago, more recent than not, but not very recent. Nonetheless, I find that the flashlight is constantly turning on when I'm not intending to do so. Sometimes I see the light is on, other times I do not, and then makes me wonder how long the light has been on. Is there a way to remove that flashlight shortcut from the iPhone lock screen? Again, you guys are fantastic. I very much appreciate your show. Oh, thank, thank you, John. You, John. Good um, to have you along. I'm glad you're back. Yes. We, glad you we're, found us. We're happy we rediscovered you, John. The, yeah. the short answer is no. And you're, no. Not, you're not alone in this. I've seen this actually quite recently posted on social media, someone asking exactly the same question. And I would have thought, I immediately thought, you know what, now we can customise the lock screen. You can add widgets, you can change the font on the, uh, on the clock and the colour. Um, I thought, well, maybe the torch and the camera will be customisable. But have you tried to use that? I mean, I must admit, I haven't tried to use it since the latest update. Accessibility-wise, I mean, everything is spoken out, but I can't figure it out for the life of me how to customise that thing. Um, okay, so I did. I, oh, uh, I had a play with it. No, I did, because oh, no. I thought, you know, I want to get... I want to actually answer John's question as opposed to just say, no, no. Well, no, no, um, I didn't say that. I, I said, usually no, do. I no, said I mean, no. I, I usually say that. Oh, I oh, usually oh, say okay. that. I was talking about me. Sorry. See, since, since the blacklisting on Apple Viz, I feel that I've humbled a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I feel like I've been humbled. Yeah. Feedback at doubletaponair.com. Has Stephen Scott been humbled? Let us know. A few people would like to see my face stuffed with humble pie. Um, a considerable amount of it. Anyway, um, so yeah, I did play around with this customise. It's actually okay. I, mean, oh, I didn't find major shush. problems. Well, I, I've already got a bunch of widgets on there. The widgets aren't the best. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've got the battery widget on there, and I've, I've added loads since you told me about this. Uh, <laughs> next calendar event, that's quite cool. Yes. Uh, you can even add GPT straight onto the, the lock screen. That's pretty cool. Um, but as for – no, you're right. I mean, as for the torch and the flashlight, you or the uh, torch and the – what is it, the other one? The uh, camera, camera button. You cannot turn those off. You can't change them. Had a bit of a look online for you on this one, John. The only thing that comes up – is ways to avoid tapping it. And this seems very sort of sighted approach because it's things like race to wake, tap to wake, make sure those are turned off because then you're more likely to touch the, the button, you know, by, by accident. But of course, if you're using voiceover, and I know you're saying you're using it occasionally, so maybe these features might help you, I don't know. But, you know, if you're using voiceover, you'd have to double tap on it. But equally, if you're not using voiceover, you might not be aware you're touching it. So maybe that works for you. Oh, hello. You could also split... Thomas in my front door. You could is, it, is, it, is it the people from Apple? Yeah, I expect so. It's Thomas. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> we'll stop talking about it. Um, you could accidentally split tap on it without even noticing it sometimes. So, yeah, I saw the same responses about um, raise to wake, which is whenever you just pick up your, your phone, it will just automatically unlock the screen um, mm. which is in settings displays and something lock screen i believe uh, the other one is tap to wake which is in accessibility and in the touch settings um, so make sure those are turned off that way the only way to wake up your screen when you pick it up is to press the either the side button or the home button um, so you're less likely to accidentally press it but other than that no there is no way to disable it no, sorry, John. It's just one of those things. Um, but 
Yeah, but listen, thank you again for getting in touch. Really glad you found us and uh, that you're with us. And uh, unless we hear otherwise, uh, we're not going anywhere. So, you know. Oh, we'll, <laughs> oh dear. Well, you know, I, you never know, right? I mean, like, the guy wakes up and, you know, he's got a hangover and he cancels the show. You know, who knows? Uh, uh, can we move on? Love you, <sighs> we'll Mr. Break, F. Actually, I think we'll take a break. We'll come back because we have uh, Ryan Jones, who's the VP of software of Espero, and the vice president of Espero himself, Matt Ata, waiting in the wings. If we had wings, uh, they have. would be waiting there. And uh, they're going to be talking about Jaws and the next big thing contest. You might have heard about all that coming up next here on Double Tap. This is Double Tap from AMI-audio. Email us feedback at doubletaponair.com. Call us 877-803-4567. And find us on social media, on Twitter and Facebook at Double Tap On Air. And now on Mastodon at Double Tap. So time now to talk all about Jaws and the next big thing contest. Now it wraps up tonight and uh, it's been a really interesting contest, Sean, because it's given us the chance to think about new features that could go into Jaws or Zoom Text yep. or any of the uh, Freedom Scientific products. And with us now to talk about the contest and what we can expect later on today is Ryan Jones. He's the Vice President of Software and also Matt Ata, uh, the uh, Vice President at Vespero, joining us to talk all about this. Guys, great to have you back here on uh, Double Tap. And uh, Ryan, we always talk to Matt, so I'm going to start with you, Ryan, if you don't mind. Uh, Tell us all about this contest and uh, how it came to be. So at Vespero back in the summer, we decided to run a contest. And our goal with the contest was we wanted to find out what ideas people had. You know, our user base is extraordinarily talented. I mean, we have people using JAWS and ZoomText to do unbelievable things and, and a, a, a wide variety of things. And so we thought, let's find out what things people want to see in our software. How can we make your lives better? And so we we came up with the idea of the next big thing contest, and we kicked this off back in early September, and we had about a six week period where we asked people to submit videos, uh, like three minute videos. Didn't have to be professional. We just wanted to hear your idea. Pitch us your idea. What would you like to see us do with Jaws or Zoom Text in the future? And in in that submission period, we got a lot of uh, submissions from all from several places in the world. We we had to limit where we could take entries from because of different legal country restrictions. But from the countries that we were able to work with, we, we got a lot of submissions and we had to narrow those down to a set of three finalists. So we had a group of uh, our, a group from our software team were kind of our first round or first panel of judges. They narrowed uh, our submissions down to three finalists and so then the idea is those three finalists will present their ideas live on, on a live stream event that's tonight, November the 14th at 6 p.m. Eastern. And we're going to place this event on Zoom. We're going to restream it on different platforms such as Facebook and uh, YouTube and LinkedIn and so on. But during this live event, the three finalists will pitch their ideas to our final round of judges and the audience as well. And we're going to have voting that night. Our, our judges are going to go off and deliberate. They're going to vote. The audience who participates on Zoom, you're going to have a chance to vote. Your say will be counted as well. And we're going to crown the winner of the next big thing tonight on, on a live Zoom event. So it's been a really fun journey the past few months. Like I said, the submissions we got were amazing. 
and we're really looking forward to tonight and this event. And the way you can register, Ryan? Yeah, if you want to register for Zoom so you can actually participate and, and cast your vote as well, if you go to freedomscientific.com slash next big thing, all one word, uh, there'll be a link on that page where you can register for the Zoom event. You'll get an email. It'll give you the link to log in. So it's freedomscientific.com slash next big thing. Ryan, tell us about the submissions you've had. Maybe I know you can't go into a lot of detail about specifics, perhaps, but maybe give us a flavor, if you can, of the kind of submissions you've had and also the number as well. Yeah, I mean, I don't know the number, exact number, but it was dozens for sure. Um, and, and like I said, we had submissions from the U.S., the U.K., Australia. I, I, we had submissions from all different age brackets, from you know folks that were students to uh, older adults. And, and really, the ideas, they were all over the board, and, and they were all really good. There really wasn't any ideas where we said, wow, that's a terrible idea. We would never do that. They were, they were all really good. And actually, a lot of them, even the, the people, you know, the submissions that don't actually win the contest, we probably will still implement some of those things because we really like what people are thinking about. Um, you know, I, I would say one trend, of course, is AI. There's obviously a lot of buzz and interest around how to use artificial intelligence and machine learning technology and software and how it can help us as people who are blind or low vision. So that was certainly a theme. Um, but again, it was it was a really good, diverse group of, of submissions. And, and our first round judges who had to narrow this down to three finalists, they, they had a hard job. I sat in on their deliberation time and man, it, it, it was a lot of work to narrow this down to only three finalists. So did you get any submissions that actually are already features in JAWS or Zoom text already? Because so many times I say, oh, I wish my screen reader did this. And someone will say, well, actually it can. There were a couple of things that were very similar to things that we've done. But you know, what I what I often saw is that that they were kind of thinking about things, but just slightly nuanced. And so you know, I, I was kind of expecting that, too, that we would just get some things like, well, we already, we already do that exact same thing. And, and it wasn't necessarily that way. It was, you know, here's an idea. It's similar to something you've already done, but maybe just change it up just a little bit. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm really interested to see the ideas that people come up with because uh, it's going to be so interesting. Now, Matt, you're going to be hosting tonight's event because uh, Simon Cowell wasn't available, apparently. Is that right? Yeah, well, they they looked into him. And in fact, the judges, we, we tried to get Randy Jackson as well, you know, because why not? But they were not available. So, um, yes, I am uh, the sucker who gets to do this. And, and I'm really looking forward to it because I'm actually going to fly to an island somewhere in the world and do this live from that island. And, uh, you know, it'll be a lot of fun. Um, uh, obviously, a big shark theme here. Uh, Ryan, I think you we should probably also mention that this month is, is uh, Shark Vimber to us and um we've been doing a lot of great stuff um promoting this as well as providing more information to customers about other features you know you you mentioned this sean about features and you know how many times do we forget a keystroke or don't don't know that a keystroke can be used for something and so every day we release a new keystroke on the website and reminding people of different features and of course, you've been featuring lots of new features in JAWS 2024 as well. Lots of talk around face in view, which 
has uh, captured a lot of people's attentions. Ryan, tell us a bit about this feature and how it can help blind people in Zoom meetings and Teams meetings and all of that. Yeah, I mean, th- this is a feature that we're directly trying to solve a problem that many of us face. And, and I myself am blind and use JAWS. And a-, a problem that we all face in this world today that we live in is having to be on video calls and having to try to make sure that you look professional and that you look just like everyone else and that you're not looking the wrong way and the camera's on one side, you're looking off to the left and you didn't realize it, or you're looking down and the camera's pointed up. I was on a call the other day and somebody said, oh, I can only see from your chin down to your chest. And the person said, oh, that's not what, that wasn't my goal. And so face and view, the point of it is to help us before we get on a video call to validate that we're in the shot properly, that we're in the camera view, uh, that the lighting is good because sometimes it's hard to tell, you know, in, in the room you're in, is it, is the lighting okay? If you can't see yourself in that image, you don't really know. So face and view is using some technology to first determine, are you, are you looking at the camera? Are you, is your head sort of centered or is it cut off? And it'll tell you what directions to do to get yourself in the view. So if you're off to the side, it may say move right or move left or move up or move down or look down. Uh, so it'll try to help ensure that your eyes are looking towards the camera, that the lighting's good and that you're physically sort of centered in that frame. And we have a, we have a really good roadmap to this product uh, or this addition to JAWS over the next year. We're, we we have some initial things in here now to try to help describe a background for you, but we have plans to enhance that. Um, but it, it's been a really well-adopted feature because so many of us face this challenge, just try to look normal and professional when we're on video calls. And, and these features that you're building in, AI, is that a component? I mean, it seems that everyone's trying to build something from OpenAI into their software these days, it seems obvious that it would work wonders in JAWS. If nothing else, just for a simple way to learn the software or learn what else you can do with the software, is that part of the roadmap as well? Yeah, what I would say is that we are absolutely exploring all the possibilities around AI and what we can do with large language models, which is what OpenAI kind of runs as. And so, so we've got folks investigating that. I'm not going to, I'm not ready to share yet what exactly we're doing. I would say stay tuned because we're, we're absolutely working on some things, but we we, will, kind of see over the future how that shapes out, but you better believe we're investigating how, how to use this technology to make, the software easier to use and just to make it more powerful and solve problems for us as users. Well, Stephen, just so you know, if whenever Ryan's not here, I'll slip some of those ideas to you. So Excellent. it's okay. Don't worry. Yeah, maybe under the table. Thank you. There you go. Talking of the uh, That's why I don't tell Matt that... what we're working on. <laughs> <laughs> Talking of the submissions that you've got, how long does it take or will it take to implement them? How long till we actually see these features actually available in software? You know, it could be in, it could be a number of months. It could be a year. I don't even know who's going to win yet, so I don't know how we're going to do whatever wins. I know what the three finalists are, and, and they're all really good ideas, and they're all things that are doable. So, you know, our product management team they they've got the hard job. They've got to actually kind of weave this in. And, and, and there's there, the problem that we always face is there's so many great things we could do, and it's just prioritization. And that's really the art of this is deciding what what do we work on and when. So, yeah, I, I expect w- one of the things that we do is we're putting out software updates about every six to eight weeks. And sometimes that that update focuses on fixing bugs. Sometimes it focuses on 
updating things for Office or web browsers. Sometimes we're able to slip a new feature in. So it, it's a variety of things that we're doing in the updates, but it allows us to keep moving pretty quickly on pushing things out in our software. So you know, you, you could see some of the stuff coming out in four, six, eight, ten months. It's not like we have to wait a whole year till the next major version to put new features in. How do you decide a winner? You know, and the ideas you had, I imagine some of them would have been almost revolutionary in ideas. And you would think, God, it'd be great to do that. But then there is that, can it be done? <laughs> can it be built? I guess you have to factor all of that in, don't you? You have to kind of factor in what's realistic, I, I, not so much the idealistic. Yeah, we when, when we had our first round judges sort of narrowing down the three finalists, we gave them some criteria to look at. And, and one of those criteria was technical feasibility. You know, can, can we build this? And of course, you know, engineers, they're like, oh yeah, we could build this thing. They, I've never seen them say, no, we can't do that. It, they may say it's going to take us three years to build it, but they'll always say, absolutely, we can do that. So we had to look at it from that perspective. We're looking at it from what are things that are going to be applicable to a large swath of our user base. So if this is, if it was something that was only going to really be impactful to Matt Ader, for example, we probably weren't going to be able to pick it. But if <laughs> I, I know, but if it's something that's available <laughs> to a lot of people, it, it, it got more weight. And so we had some different factors we had to use to try to narrow down who we were going to be selecting as the finalists. I think they're picking on you, Matt. Well, they, they look, when I ran software, it wasn't that hard to get my features in. Okay. So, <laughs> I mean, I need it's a payback time. Yeah. It's such a hard life <laughs> for Matt. Payback. He's got a jet off to exotic tropical yeah, islands I mean, tonight. Come show. on, give me a break. Wow. I don't know how you do it, Matt. Guys, it's really interesting to talk to you. Good luck with the event today. You can watch it live on our website as well. We'll be streaming it through YouTube so you can watch it on doubletapaudio.com. Uh, guys, good luck with it. All the details on our website and how you can join and register on Zoom if you want to participate. That's the key point. Um, Ryan, Matt, as always, good to have you on Double Tap. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. And not a word from Matt. So, uh, yep. yeah, thanks, guys. He's blacklisted you. That's it. That's another He's, one you've yeah, I've been blacklisted again. I know. It's just ridiculous. This goes on and on and on. Uh, but honestly, it sounds like a great uh, competition and a great contest, great prizes as well. So check it all out. And remember, you can register, like I say, on the uh, Freedom Scientific site. But you can also find all the links to that on our website, doubletaponair.com, where you can watch the event tonight as well if you want to. Uh, shall we get back to a couple more emails before we go, oh, Sean? yes, please. Okay, let's do it. So let's hear from Mary once again. Laura reads our emails. Hello. I was reminded on the November 2nd podcast that I forgot to tell you that I got my US government National Library Service Braille display in the state of New York. It is a Zoom Max model that is just a reader, but it does have a spot where you can put in a micro SD card so you could have it read text files. My goal is to write practice sentences and grade two Braille characters to help with my Braille learning. The only issue I have so far with it is the only Braille that's on it is the features of a Braille display. Everybody would like to know the USB port and the on button. Otherwise, it must have at least 20 buttons on it and then I have no idea what they do. But YouTube does have videos, so I have to do more research. Oh, Sean, can I have the other women's links? It is hard for crochet to be listed in technology because there is no machine, or last I was told, that could replace a human crocheting. Thanks as always. And Laura, you've made me a rock star. Right, Liz? Thanks. Merry heart. 
<laughs> Thank you for that, uh, Mary. And good to hear you've got your braille display. Also, Sean is on the knitting job. He is our stitcher in chief. <laughs> I'm sure we've heard this uh, email before because um, we I think we might have done. Yeah, we, we spoke about putting it up on the website rather than me trying to email people back because I'm terrible at email. Sorry. Um, we will put up, just just put up a post on the website. Let's put up a uh, a double stitch. Well done, Stephen. Um, Thank you. Post. And uh, yes, I will make that happen. I will put all the links together. Uh, yeah. Now, on the Braille side of things, I got a box yesterday. A box arrived in the post. That's unusual Ooh. in this house. Yeah, I know. I was so excited. And the box contains, big box. Mm, I probably shouldn't shake it. No. Uh, but inside this, actually, is it in here? Yes, I think it is. Um I may have put it away. Uh, this is the brilliant BI-20X Braille display from Humanware. Oh. Now, I asked them if they would very kindly send me this to review. They have done. And, 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 they've also sent me the uh, Humanware, because it's the same company, <laughs> uh, Stellar Trek. Uh, this oh. is the navigation device. Now, I have to say, out of the two, the Stellar Trek is the one I really want to play with, because that's... Well, first of all, that's what I asked for. But I also want to get a bit of a hands-on time with the BIX, uh, BI-20X Braille display as well, because just in terms of the size, in terms of its functionality, it's got a lot of cool things in there, like text-to-speech, for one, which is really interesting. That you I turned out. it on and started... It did. It t- I turned it on and started talking to me. I'm like, where, where did that come from? So, you know, I need to understand more about it. It's funny you talk, Mary, about, you know, you, you kind of know where the USB port is and you know where the, the on button is, and that's all you need, really. And then you find there's like 800 other buttons on there. It's so true you say that because I, I turned this thing on and I'm like, right, okay, I'm, I'm a bit lost now. So found a webinar video online and I'm going to just spend, you know, the day basically watching it to get a sense of, of how to go through all this and how to set it up because I want to do it properly, Sean Priest. That's not like you, Stephen Scott. I know, it's very unusual. No. Very unusual. Okay, never having opened or unboxed a Braille display or used one for that matter, <sighs> This seems rather strange to me. I mean, there must be some sort of user manual supplied, right? Oh, there is. Of course there is, yeah. Um, there's a user manual in there. I think it's available in text as well as Braille. So it's all there. Audio, uh, but, please. But I don't re- – no, no audio, though. Well, there, may be a, there might be a user guide actually on the device. But again, you need to know how to navigate all this. Yeah. It's kind of my point about these devices, and and this is not unique to humanware. It is across the board when it comes to Braille displays. It feels sometimes like a secret society because it, it, there's there's a lot of assumed knowledge when you open the box. Yeah, but it's you'll just know how this secrecy, works, right? I mean, everyone wants to know what. As soon as you get a device, you want to know what every single button does, right? It must be so infuriating yeah. not to have that uh, immediate access. I suppose it is difficult how you how you do that, how you package to make everyone happy. A well, I was going to say, you know, how do you version, not patronize people version. as well, right? Well, you know, it's like, how do you not patronise the, the people who are like, well, of course that's the case. But, you know, I mean, we all would expect a quick start guide and then a more detailed manual, um, mm. you know, that kind of thing. And I, I think maybe that's the way. I also think that because Braille displays, uh, people who buy them, I would imagine, in the most part, people who buy them, and this is maybe true up to, I'd say, the last couple of years, have been using Braille displays for a long time. So they do know when they open up the box what they're expecting. There's always someone new to the game. Well, that's my point. Up until the last couple of years, I think that's it's been the case that most people who get them 
know what they're expecting, right? I, I think when I opened up my Focus 14 Braille display, there was nothing in there bar, you know, a card with some Braille on it and the machine, and that was it. There was no understanding of any more than that. And again, there's the assumption of you read Braille, which is a fair assumption if you're buying a Braille display, right? So that, okay, I, I'm with you on that. But again, it's that sense of, right, okay, so... What am I actually, what, am I, what have I got here? What is the setup process? And don't get me wrong, the companies are starting to improve on this because they are providing webinars online. Like Mary says, there's lots of YouTube videos out there. It's the first thing I did. I went onto YouTube. I'm searching for Humanware BI20X. And there it is. There's a webinar on how to use it and a full walkthrough. And I'm like, you know what? That's perfect. That's absolutely brilliant. So the resources are there. But I think it's that the problem we have with Braille Displays is there is a switch to learning how to understand it from the, the from that initial user perspective because i still don't fully grasp what it is i've got on that display i mean i get that it's displaying whatever i'm looking at i mean the phone is the, is the easiest one right when you connect to the phone yeah, i you're feel familiar. like i can kind of navigate that yeah but if i connect it to a computer I, I feel like it's the first day using a screen reader and going online yeah i'm just at sea so, you know, and maybe it's just that there's not enough, um, well, I, I, I don't know. I, I think I'm going to just put it down to it's me because I think, that the, the, again, this goes back to my point about education. If, the, if this was part of education, if this was in our heads as children, this would be a lot easier in later life to start to navigate. Now, obviously, you can't do that for everybody. You know, people come to blindness later on in life. I understand yep. all that. But, you know, I, I think that if, as a kid, learning how these devices work, that would have been a really smart move. And really, there's other, other than cost, you know, there's really no reason why this can't be a thing in schools. You know, most, most children in, in a school with visually impaired children, well, one or two of them will have Braille displays. Yeah. You know, to, doing a session for the other kids wouldn't be a bad idea. Yeah, I agree. It's a um, difficult problem. It is, because the How problem is... How do you reach is, people? How do you cover Well, everything? you know, there are resources, right, across the CNIB, across, you know, Again, the States. There's lots of organisations, Braillists Foundation in the UK. That's true. These are great places to go and great great people to contact and connect with. That's so, true. You know, there are resources. I think that's often the challenge is, <laughs> is it all to do with the, the companies and the devices or is it just to do with our own confidence sometimes because we have to go and join a group? Like you wouldn't join an iPhone group to figure out how to use an iPhone if you bought one. But you do have to kind well, of do that to some degree if you're, you know, wanting to really get the most out of these devices because, you know, it's such a close circle. We kind of did when the uh, iPhone first came became accessible. I mean... I, I'm, I'm talking about blind people. I'm seeing sighted people. Oh, you sighted, bought an iPhone. Oh, I see. Yes. You wouldn't go to a yes. support group to figure out how to use it, you know? Yeah. Okay. Um, that's, that's kind of a thing. But, you know, like I say, there are resources out there. So I'm looking forward to playing in, with this because th- th- it's a beautiful little device. And... The Braille on it is lovely uh, because I'm thinking of getting myself either a, a, I fancy a 20 cell. So I'm kind of looking at the Orbit Reader 20, um, looking at the, well, actually the 20 plus to be exact. Oh, um, of course. And well, of course. Yes. The 20 <laughs> max. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. The 20 big. Um so, you know, I want, it's just a newer one. I want the newer one. Yeah, you know, it's of got more you do. new things in it. And uh, then you've got the the 20 uh, cell one. I've got the, the Focus 14. It's um, it's just a bit too small. I think if I'm more into contractions, <sighs> it'd be fine. But just like I'm never locks, happy, aren't you? Just, just yeah, right. It's, okay. it's got to be, and my porridge is just not perfect. <laughs> There's a title. There's a title for this show. My porridge is not perfect. Let's. 
Uh, well, we'll no. leave on that one. Yes. Uh. <laughs> 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 ah, I enjoyed uh, that show, Stephen Scott. I must say, thank you, goodness listeners. me. That was actually enjoyable. It I know was. what on earth did we do? I know. Um, listen, he'll be awake in a minute, so hopefully. Hopefully all's fine. Yes. Um, listen, thank you again uh, to all of you for your comments. Keep your feedback coming in. Lots and lots of your feedback. I know you've been sending it in your droves, so we'll get to more of that on the next show and the next one and the next one after that because we are here forever. Hooray! Well, according to, uh, well, Nobody. contractually, <laughs> August 31st, 2024, I think is the official line. Uh, but anyway, uh, thank you once again. We're back <laughs> tomorrow. Join us if you can. Thanks, thank you. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Jenny Bovard. Join me monthly for Low Vision Moments, where I speak with awesome guests about some of the amusing things that happen when you're blind or partially sighted. Watch on YouTube or download Low Vision Moments from your favorite podcast distributor.